You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Formation Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. If this is your first time listening to From the Field or you've missed the last couple of weeks, Tyler and I are in a series of conversations walking through uh, how we're going about uh, restarting our church. Um, so for those that don't know, uh, we planted Ridgeline Church here in Salt Lake City just about five years ago we moved here. Um, but So we were just 18 months old when COVID hit. And um, the church that came out of COVID is just significantly different than the one that went in to an extent that we really felt like it was time for us to take it down to the studs and start over. And so we've gone, not only have we changed our name um, and rebranded and new website and all of that, but we've also gone all the way back to our core group phase. And so we have canceled services for the past three months and done weekly core group trainings on Sunday afternoons. And uh, in these conversations, we're talking about what we've covered and why. So we've talked about, I think we've done three episodes already. So if you miss mm-hmm. those, make sure you go back and listen. But the training we're going to talk about today covers the topic of shared ownership mm-hmm. uh, amongst uh, our community. And so before we get into this, uh, typically I'm the one that teaches these trainings. Um, I was at uh, a residency for my spiritual direction program mm-hmm. this particular week. And so you jumped in and taught and, uh, and it was finally good. That, that was the general consensus. The training yeah. was finally good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you talked about vision and mission, and you gave me serving, attending, and giving. Yep. <laughs> yeah, all, all your areas of passion. Um, but you did an awesome job with that. But I do think it's worth talking a little bit about how originally we were going to talk about participation mm-hmm. is what we were going to frame it as. Yeah. And that basically everyone needs to participate. Mm-hmm. But you called an audible and shifted the language to ownership, mm-hmm. which I think was really uh, wise of you because that really is what we what we were after is we wanted to have people leave that training feeling a sense of responsibility to share the ownership of making this church function. Yeah. And so I think it'd be a great place for us to start maybe for you to just talk a little bit about what made you feel like we needed to shift that language and what kind of gave birth to everything that not like, it's no surprise that we talked about giving, serving and attending stuff, Yeah. but the way that you came at it, um, the angle that you took on those and the reason that you gave for it was different than what we've used in the past. And it was effective. So maybe just yeah. get us into what caused the shift in language. 
Yeah, I think, um, so obviously everyone had had an opportunity to hear from you about um, kind of why we made the decision that we did and all of those kind of things. And large in part, I'm behind the scenes. And so I think people had, you know, kind of one-on-one conversations with me, but um, didn't necessarily have the opportunity to like hear from me. Like the whole church didn't have the opportunity to hear from me, just kind of my vantage point and walking mm-hmm. through this. Cause we really walked through the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it gave me an opportunity to really sort of walk through kind of my perspective on things and mm-hmm. to share uh, just sort of where we were at. And so I think that we absolutely presented it as all of the things that we've talked about up until this point, mm-hmm. you know, that that we weren't the church um, that we had set out to plant and mm-hmm. all of that. But I think this was also an opportunity to um, kind of share some of the more like reality of the situation as mm-hmm. well. And just, um, it wasn't just all... Um, rainbows and puppies and kittens as far as like, and so let's just change our name. I mean, a significant underlying factor in this whole thing was an immense amount of fatigue from you and I. Absolutely. Which is shared by, my guess would be, every single ministry leader listening to this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Especially unless you like just started ministry yesterday. Right. Uh, But if you like went through COVID and all of that, I would say probably shared by everyone. And so we were um, just kind of, you know, we've shared on this podcast, we've shared with our church. No one was surprised to hear that uh, the last couple of years have been hard. Mm -hmm. And I think hard comes in waves for sure, you know, Mm -hmm. comes and goes and ebbs and flows based on your understanding of like, I don't know what endemic means and all of that. Mm -hmm. That was real exciting and Mm -hmm. then made me real depressed and all, you know, all of that. And so I think that um, what we really landed on in these conversations and just feeling frustrated and fatigued and wondering if we can do it again do it anymore mm-hmm. was this idea that we really needed a full reset. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a matter of like a sermon series. It wasn't a matter of, you know, even like maybe if we did like a churchwide retreat for a couple of days, like we mm-hmm. had to really completely change the way that we were interacting with our church mm-hmm. and ask the people who were going to continue to be a part of it to change the way that they were as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that as we were Uh, as I was kind of sitting down and planning and mapping out what I was going to say and why this idea of participation, I don't know, for some reason, when I think of the word participation, I think of like participation ribbon Mm -hmm. and like everyone gets one, which you literally get just for showing up. Yeah. No matter how phoned in. And (laughs) and so it just, it didn't feel like it really wasn't weighty and landed the plane, right? you know, and, and, and I was afraid. And I think the thing that we've talked about is that like, um, even though I trust that between the two of us and our like wonderful designers, we could come up with an unlimited number of church names. This is like, got to stick. Yeah. Because we're not really interested in doing this every three to six months yeah. just to this keep it This is my going. last run. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And so those of you at Formation listening, mm-hmm. take it to heart because yeah. we're, we're not doing it again. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I think that we were just really uh, in a place where we needed to understand um, that that ownership is what we are looking for differently than, uh, you know, and we've talked about for years, it's not my church, it's not your church, Mm -hmm. it's our church. And, Mm -hmm. and pastors have always talked about it's the body and it's not the building and all of that kind of stuff. And we just needed our church to understand that in a new and unique way than Mm -hmm. I think they had in the past. And so we needed to talk about that. Um, And I think the other thing that, um, as we were talking about that, I think, you know, ownership or also we utilize familial language. Mm -hmm. I think for some people, just based on their kind of family experience, 
experiences mm -hmm. that can be a little bit triggering. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, you know, ownership or family language goes hand in hand for us. Mm -hmm. um, but I decided to land on, I, I read through uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 26, and mm -hmm. just kind of the whole uh, kind of body language, the mm -hmm. body of Christ and how we're all supposed to do our part um, that, you know, I shared that what the passage is telling us is that we're all needed, we're mm -hmm. all vital, and mm -hmm. we all must do our part. There's no exception. And if God had called you to be a part of this body, then you're a vital part. There's mm -hmm. not like, you know, well, I'm just not an important part. That passage kind of refutes that altogether. Mm -hmm. But then I think that's really, other than continuing to bring us back to the idea of like, uh, we're a family or we're the body, mm -hmm. um, I really kind of, that was the the totality of how I connected it to our role as mm -hmm. Christians. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's that's the different angle that you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I needed to present this differently. And I think I, you know, I've had an opportunity to kind of be over, like, let's say serving or something at our mm -hmm. church um, for all the churches that we've been a part of. Yeah. And I've talked about it and all of that. And there's a lot of verses and a lot of ways to create a really sound and a theologically rich uh, reason for service and look at mm -hmm. what Christ did for us. So we should be willing to like mm -hmm. play with a kid on Sunday morning and all of that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. And I've done all of that. And then you get like one person to sign up yeah. and it feels horribly discouraging. And I think again, being in this situation where like that can't be the response, mm -hmm. um, it just, it required a different approach. And so this was really about helping everyone feel not in a shaming way, not mm -hmm. in a, um, you know, discouraging way or anything mm -hmm. like that, but just feel like if we want this church to move forward, it has to be us because mm -hmm. the the few mm -hmm. that have been really moving it forward up till this point are too tired. Yeah. And they can't do it anymore. And and truthfully, while God has not blessed us with a big church, um, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to have a big church to have enough people yeah. to be able to cover the bills, to mm -hmm. be able to do the service that's needed, to be mm -hmm. able to do the ministry that's needed. It really doesn't require that many people. Mm -hmm. And I think that if everyone does their part equally, mm -hmm. um, they really, you really have the ability to have a meaningful church. And, right. and if you're out of your head on how big it has to be or the platform you need to have, you can have a really meaningful church of any size as long as everyone recognizes their role in the body. So before you get into... Um the three things that you really covered, like when you gave, because basically what you spent the majority of your time doing was describing for people, here's what ownership at formation looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And so before we get into that, like a few minutes ago, we talked about um, that fatigue was mm. one of the really prevalent factors yeah. in what led to us really needing to start over. So I'm just curious, because I bet you that there are other leaders listening who will be able to resonate with this. When you think about what was causing your fatigue, mm -hmm. you know, like what would be some regular experiences that you were having that my guess would be because of the three things that you chose. Yeah. Like it's going to be the absence of these three things, but maybe more descriptive, like, like what are, what are, what is one or even if one is okay, but if you have a couple of things that happen on a semi-regular basis that you're just like, I'm just so exhausted from feeling this way because of X. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is just people behaving in such a way where they feel like they can, like, pass the baton to you. You yeah. know, that, that it's this game of, like, tag and... and Specifically to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, um, I think that people... 
recognizing, I mean, we've made it abundantly clear an unbelievable number of times that like, I serve at this church just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we, I even shared as I was teaching, like we all are in agreement that you are, you do your job faithfully and your calendar is full. So Mm -hmm. we're not looking for you to like, you know, do the kids as well because then you can't teach and we want you to be where you're at, you know? So, so it's just sort of like, well, we can't do that. So Mm -hmm. we all have to do our part. And Mm -hmm. I do think that people's comfortability with just like sending a text message or placing a call, something's come up for them and they just have to like pass their responsibility off. And that's what um, I think is just really, really frustrating because I think that, um, I don't know, things come up for me as well. Uh, Life comes up for me. Family things happen for me. All of those Mm -hmm. kind of things happen. And when you're a part of this body, you still have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I'm not here to say that there's never a reason or never uh, a situation that comes up, but then you should reach out to Mm -hmm. Uh, someone else who can help pick up the the slack, not just the one person. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things I did as a part of this was uh, planning center service services. I just learned this. I'm prepping for this, but if I if you click on the names, if you're using that tool and you click on the names of the people in there, uh, click on some of the names of the people that you feel like I see them on the regular. You get to see how many times since they've been added to that tool that they have served at your church, mm-hmm. and it's mind blowing. It is, yeah. and for us, we had, we had some people that were serving, you know, uh, dozens of times. We had other people that had literally served over a hundred times, mm-hmm. a couple over 200 times. Mm-hmm. And the one, you know, funny thing was just, you know, people were asking me, well, you know, you kind of left yourself out mm-hmm. of the, you know, cause I, I shared and, mm-hmm. and wanted to celebrate how many times some of these people had served, but then also point out, and they're all very tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people had said, I think the the problem is like, I'm rarely ever scheduled cause I'm always there. I don't right. even know. I'm not, I don't know what it would say. I didn't look at my own name, mm-hmm. but I think the reality that your attitude could be, you know what, this person that I know is serving in multiple areas anyway, he can pick up one more. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just send a text message, not care one lick about his bandwidth or what's going on in his life because Mm -hmm. it's his problem to take care of Mm -hmm. just because he has a pastor title, I think is Mm -hmm. just really really shameful um, in a way that um, tells me that it's not the body Mm -hmm. that I really should, I don't know, have some sort of admission charge Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's how that, like, and then you come as a consumer and mm-hmm. you like consume and then leave and that's the way that it should go. But yeah. that's not what this is. It's a church, um, that we all have to do our part. And yeah. I think that some churches are really, you know, I, I know that, you know, I've heard pastors talk about, well, at least there's butts and seats. Um, I'm not interested in that at all anymore. Mm-mm. As a matter of fact, I think, uh, one of the things I shared was that we have two statuses, you know, I know lots of people have like, you know, member and attender and guest and prospect and mm-hmm. all of these kind of things we have, we don't even, uh, observe because of the complications of being in really LDS environment. We Mm -hmm. don't even observe formal church membership. So Mm -hmm. we've got like, you're a part of our family or you're a first time guest. Once you're a second time, I want to know which team you're serving on. Like, like it's just not a thing. And I think if you're still trying to decide or figure it out, decide while you pick something up, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think that that idea that we've just got people, you know, just butts in seats or someone, you know, and then the crowd sings loud. I don't care about any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that that's all unnecessary. And I just want the people here who are willing to be a part of the body and a part of this family and to do it because I just don't have, I mean, it's been a really, really long time yeah. um, that that's been 
just an ongoing issue. Yeah. I mean, we're getting to the point where we had, you know, people blocking out entire months sure. that they were not going to be able to serve. Yeah. And I've got personal, personal conflicts. I'm sorry. Yeah. And like the text messages that you're talking about, just to be clear in case people are trying to provide the benefit of the doubt, which yeah. is generous. We're not talking about emergencies that came up. Oh, no. We're just talking about like people just deciding to do something different. Yeah. Hike, camp, hang out with a friend, go to brunch, sure. take a me day, you know, kind yeah. of the kind of stuff that is just like unfair to shirk a responsibility that you agreed to to just do something else. And at our church, when you agree to do the responsibility, you also agree to the fact that you're going to like get that area covered once mm-hmm. you're like, once you're scheduled, uh, if for whatever reason. And I think that obviously like a last minute, like sickness where your thumbs don't work, I suppose, like could, could <laughs> yeah. constitute like not doing that. But outside of that, I think that it's important that you like do your part mm-hmm. and um, get that all figured yeah. out, you know? All right, so all of that was going on, Mm -hmm. and so then you went into describing for people what it looks like to share ownership. Yeah. So just talk to us about the the first area, if I remember correctly, that you started was in the area of service. So Mm -hmm. just talk a little bit about what you shared in the area of service. Yeah, I mean, in general, I think some churches have different approaches, you know, some really staff to all the areas of service that they need or... Mm -hmm at least the primary ones, and then what they need on Sunday mornings is pretty minor. Um, We are and have been a mobile church, and so um, we need a lot more people serving. But even in the kids' area, everyone needs a lot of people serving, and so um, we don't have staff members to do all of that. And that's just not our vision. Uh, In general, um, we don't have, like, an abundance of money, Mm -hmm. and so that's never going to really be our vision. Mm -hmm. And so we just need, you know, we've always kind of had an attitude of we are willing to do the ministry that the people who call the church home are willing to serve to support. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, just making sure that everyone understands that, um, every the fact that everyone understood that everyone who's here and a part of this body and consuming ministry has to contribute through serving. Mm-hmm. That's just period. There's mm-hmm. no... Uh, allowance or margin for anything else that you've got to do your part and serve in some way. And I get that, that we all go through seasons, um, but but that needs to have like a start and stop time. I, I mm-hmm. will say that Christians do have this kind of um, knack for saying, you know, I just need like, I need like, you know, just a season of rest. And that mm-hmm. season of rest somehow turns into um, two, three, four, six months. Like to me, a season of rest might be a few weeks, mm-hmm. um, maybe a month. I, I just am not sure outside of that, that they're, uh, again, if you're a part of a body and, and your, your foot were just like, you know what, I, I just can't Come do it today. for the, ne- for the yeah. next six months. Yeah. You're, you're going without me. That doesn't work. Because again, like when, like, as we talk about service, you know, serving on guest services, you know, for us, even at its height at like, cause now we're moving into, we're utilizing space at another church. So our mm-hmm. setup moving forward is significantly less than what it was. Yeah. But even when we were setting up and tearing down everything, like, so you showed up at eight 30, mm-hmm. you put up some clings on the window yep. and some pop-ups, and then you prayed, you greeted people. You sat through a church service like mm-hmm. everyone else, and then you put that stuff away and maybe pushed one thing on a trailer. So it's a it was a commitment of like four hours of time, but it was not 
hard. No. <laughs> it's just not hard. No. Um, virtually no. Like I would Very say. Very unlikely you were sweaty at the end. Yes. I would say if you were serving in the production area where you're setting up sound and like stuff doesn't always work, it can be yeah. stressful. It yeah. still was never physically demanding. No. But it could be emotionally taxing. Yeah. But really what it is is like someone saying like, I just don't, I don't really want to get up. Yeah. Today. And I, sure. I would just say that that doesn't really work. Right. And it, <laughs> and it really boils down to the idea of priority. Mm-hmm. You don't just decide like, mm, I'm just not going to go to work today. Right. Or I'm just not going to do my part today. Like that, that doesn't, otherwise you don't have a job. And I think right. that same thing, like, okay, well then you don't have a church, you mm-hmm. know, it can't be viewed as someone else's job for you to have a space to worship and to like meet with God and build relationships with other people. And so, you know, that just is, you know, um, uh, really important. And then I think also just um, uh, broadening that beyond Sunday morning, but I think also making sure that everyone understood that they should stop viewing the tasks that are to be done as someone else's job. So whether it be at a church picnic, whether it be here at our ministry center, Mm -hmm. uh, it gets quite a bit of use. We're very open-handed with it and just pointing out like, I don't know, if the trash is overfilling, take it out Mm because you want to know who the trash guy is? It's me. Mm -hmm. And um, if there's something missing, let us know versus is just like letting it, letting be, it empty. be empty or you know if the toilet's not working all of those kind of things because like there's not like i'm not your mom mm-hmm. so <laughs> i don't know like i i just think having that idea of ownership that we all care for it that we all uh, that it's all important and that if it's if it's ours we're going to take care of it uh, and i get that there's got to be someone like in leadership, but that doesn't mean that it's their job to do all mm-hmm. the work to care for something. Yeah. Even as you're talking, it is interesting to me. Like I, I'm feel like I'm realizing again, how countercultural what it is that we're trying to do really is like the reason that people behave like that is because they have been conditioned to behave like that. Sure. Like I, I know that, you know, this gets talked about and written about, but the average posture of most Christians is one of consumerism. Yeah. I show up to this place to consume Christian goods and services. And yep. we are saying, no, that's number one. That's just at a practical level. We're too tired to help you do that any longer. Mm-hmm. And then biblically speaking, that is not Jesus vision for the church. No, nope. Like Jesus has no place for a consumer vision of Christianity. Like we are meant to participate and to be, and to practice shared ownership in a family. So it is like, this won't be the last time we have to talk about this, No, but it does very much feel like we're trying to push a boulder uphill because people have been conditioned to think like they can go to a lot of other churches and find exactly the opposite of what we're talking about. And our invitation is Go ahead. Do that, yeah. please. <laughs> By all means, yeah. Because I mean, I even shared with people that up until this point, you know, anytime we, uh, one of our teams was like low as far as like the number of people serving on mm-hmm. it or whatever, we'd, you know, it was kind of like a begging thing. Please, will you serve in yeah. some area, this and that? And I just shared that we're no longer going to do that. We're no, the question is no longer, is there any area you'd be willing to serve? And our question will now be like basically on week two mm-hmm. is like, where can we plug you in? Yeah. And even as we're going to get ready to, restart. I mean, I even shared out the announcements on Sunday. Our question will be to people like, where do you want to serve? Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, there's no checkbox. Like I'm interested in serving on a team. It will be 
everyone, where are you serving? Yeah. Um, and if you don't tell me anywhere, I'll just put you on a team. Yep. Because uh, everyone has to do something. Yeah. And it's because, again, when everyone does, what's brilliant is, again, we don't even have a huge church. Mm-hmm. We don't even have a big church. Mm-hmm. And if everyone does it, that means everyone's serving like once a month. I mm-hmm. really think if every single person who even at this moment calls Formation Home, like serves and doesn't block off and all of that, I really think we're dying maybe once a month, mm-hmm. maybe even less than that, because now we don't need as much setup or teardown. Right. So that's just such a very tiny yeah. <laughs> request. Yep, so I think is. that um, just making sure that people know uh, that that's something and, and just recognizing that um, that that they're responsible to it, that they're committed to it, uh, that they show up on time, that they're not expecting anyone else to do their part, and that they do view all of our stuff, all of our spaces, everything as like it's ours and we're going to mm-hmm. like work hard and we're going to do it together. Yep. That's good. So that that covered service. Yep. Well, next you talk about the importance of attending, yep. uh, which isn't just like Sunday morning attendance, though that needs to be said as well. Sure. So talk about the more sort of all-encompassing way in which you talked about attendance. Yeah, so you actually addressed that in a week all your own. Um, so the, I, As far as weekly worship, yes, which we're going to yeah. talk about next week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, my whole thing was just like attending the stuff that we do mm-hmm. um, and making sure that the people who call the church home recognize that their presence matters. Um, and I think that whether it be... Just a big a, deal. It really is, yeah. yeah. And like, because again, like we're the church. The mm-hmm. church is not a space. As a matter of fact, like... Um, we don't have one. So mm-hmm. we it, we're really, really lucky that's true because otherwise we wouldn't be a church. Right. Uh, we are, so therefore uh, the church is not a space, right? Um, but the fact that when we do things, we need the church to be there, meaning mm-hmm. the people, uh, is really important. Uh, and so when we do church events, you know, we do family nights. And really the point of these is a very soft step for new people who are not quite sure. And we've seen it like to a T. Every time we do one of these, the First people to sign up are those families that are brand new. Every time I look at it every time and I'm so thrilled on one end and then on the other end, super discouraged that the number of people that like call the church home and have just decided like, "Eh." you know, one of the things I shared at this uh, session was just like, 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 so first of all, we work really hard to make sure that the food does not suck. A lot of church events food is just not good terrible it's either catered from somewhere that was like the cheapest place you could find Mm -hmm. or it's like potluck and no one can cook or it's like just not good and we work really hard at it to make sure that it's not gourmet by any means but Mm -hmm. it's like it's very good good food yep Mm -hmm. uh but even even if you like the food even if you don't i don't care about any of that what we're trying to do is remove all the obstacles possible so that you'll come and attend and at no point when you're trying to decide, oh, should I go to this or not, is the question running through your head, am I hungry for a hot dog? Mm-hmm. That's not relevant to the matter at hand. The question running through your head is, man, at one point, I was not a part of this community. I was not a part of this body or this family, and I was on the outside. I, I'm I'm remembering what it felt like to be new, mm-hmm. and, and that process it looked like to go from new person to being and feeling like I'm a part of it. And once you're a part of it, your only job is to make others feel welcome as a part of it as well. That's mm-hmm. it. And so that's why you come. Mm-hmm. You come so that you can sit and talk with someone else who's new. Mm-hmm. You come so your kids can play with someone else who's new's kids. Mm-hmm. You come so that you can make sure that like the cookie table is full. Mm-hmm. You come because you're trying to create an environment at our church that just really allows people to feel like, man, like, you know, if we're trying to 
provide a safe space where people can have a healing relationship with Jesus and one mm-hmm. another, um, we have to make sure that they feel like the space is safe. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways that we do it. And because I think someone, that, at some point, you did such a good job of really helping people understand. If you're here and you call this place home, it's because at some point, someone did that for you. Right. And I mean, I'll come back to this when we talk about formation groups, but when I, you know, one of our issues that we've seen with some of our formation groups that are only like a few people and we've tried to put new people in, we've Mm -hmm. had some of them say, oh no, we don't want any more people. Mm -hmm. And I, I just... I, I, I'm going to be careful how I say it. I don't love that Mm -hmm. because what it conveys is I got what I need. I don't care if anybody else gets what they need. And it's the exact same mentality that that's, and I, and I believe, and this is what I think was so great about the way that you set it up at no point. And I'll say this again at the end, at no point did you shame anyone, which is a really hard thing to do to talk about these things in a way that makes people feel weight without moving towards shame is very hard to do. And you did it beautifully. And like people really did need to feel the sense that if that you have a responsibility, if you have been the recipient of that, then you need to now be a source of other people experiencing that as well. Right. Absolutely. Um, And then I think just letting people know, I get that on occasion, there's going to be situations that come up, like we just plan something when you're like, out of town, um, make sure you communicate that, you know, like don't just like not RSVP and like feel like, well, I, they just have to cook less food or buy less stuff. Like, like because you're a part of this body and a part of this family, make sure people know like, Hey, I'd love to, but it's our like families once a year get together and Mm -hmm. I just can't bail because, or whatever reason, Mm -hmm. you know, like I love when, because people will come up to me and be like, where's this person at? Mm -hmm. And it's not my favorite thing to be like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I'll be honest with you. If I have no idea, I will say it just like that. Because mm-hmm. I don't always have any idea. Right. Like, share with me what's yeah. going. But on the other end, when people come up and say, and we have a few people in our church who are really faithful about yeah. that. To just say, like, oh, man, I'd love to be there, but here's what came up. And mm-hmm. like, and it's not that you owe an explanation to anyone, but it's because you care. Mm-hmm. And you recognize, man, my family, my body is going to be hurting a little bit tonight. So I'm going to at least give them a reason for it. Yeah. And like, like somebody's going to have to pick up my, my, you know, relational slack at this event. And so I want to at least provide some sort of explanation. Yeah. And that's just the, the decent thing to do. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like basic relationship. I'm to, to fill in that blank for people. Cause you're left to wonder what, if, if you have a pattern of not showing up to things, it does convey. And, the, and again, this might be completely contrary to what your heart is, but it does convey, well, this must not matter to you right. very much. Yeah. And so if it does matter, but there's some reason that you can't be there, yep. then wisdom says, I'm going to fill in that blank and help people understand that this is not my, my heart is absolutely not that this doesn't matter. It does matter to me, but I have this other thing that conflicts with it. That's so easy to do. And we are so like, again, non-shaming, non-high pressure that we, it's, no one's ever getting like, oh, really? You chose that over this? We're mm-hmm. just always like, great. Thank you so much for telling us. Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just leaving them with ownership means even when you're tired, you've had a long week, you realize your presence important, uh, that you're part of this body and it's important that you show up and you invest in others just like others have invested in you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing that you did to help really root and anchor and found what it is that you were trying to get people to take action against is by helping people understand your presence matters 
because I really think that most people don't believe that. They think if I'm there or I'm not there, it doesn't matter. The pastors are there, so who cares if I'm there? Well, it matters. Yeah. So reinforcing I'm that real for busy people on is the great. grill, so I, I don't <laughs> right. have the chance to do anything other than yeah. get people fed. So and so then lastly, you talked about the importance of giving. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, first of all, just making sure people know everything we do do costs money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was very interesting in one of the ministry positions I've had over the years, um, having a conversation with people who just didn't understand like where does the money for the church come from? Um, even though we were non-denominational, they thought maybe it came from some like big church somewhere and they thought that all the money they gave just went to like help the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just explained like, you know, every cup of coffee that you've had every, you know, right now the lights are on. It's a comfortable temperature in here. Um, we've got this app that we use. Mm-hmm. We have a website. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the pastor talks, it comes through a microphone and you can hear him. The mm-hmm. fact that we have a place to meet, all of that mm-hmm. is, it all costs money, you know? And so that money comes from the people who call the church home. Mm-hmm. And I think for, or Ridgeline, the church that we were formerly, uh, we were blessed to be in a place where we moved here. We didn't know anyone, and we had a few people from around the country that were committed to what we were doing and and were supportive of us at the beginning and even through COVID and some things like that. But as some of those things have changed and their situations have changed, we've lost almost all of those partners. Um, and so it's really time for formation to basically be totally self-sustaining as much as possible. And so one, it's beautiful that others who have never stepped foot in Utah, many of them, um, were committed enough to what God was doing here that they were a part of it. But two, it's a, it's time for us to mm-hmm. fund what we're doing and right. to be a part of it. And then to be able to like pay that forward to others who right. are doing the same thing like we're doing. And so, you know, just making sure that everyone does it, that Everyone understands that everyone needs to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone needs to, uh, everyone who calls the church home has to contribute in some way through giving mm-hmm. um, and that uh, they need to do their part. And, you know, what I shared w- about that was just, you know, uh, we're not going to dictate what their part is, but mm-hmm. really it's, it, I said that it's one of a few things. So first of all, it means doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means being sacrificial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that um, you should know, you know, uh, I think if it's been a while since you've given and somebody brings that up to you or you notice that yourself and you're like, oh, I just forgot or I didn't mm-hmm. realize I hadn't given in so long. Um, the amount that you give needs to be an amount that you know whether or not you've given. Yeah. I, I'm really committed to that. Like, yeah. like, and for some people, like you're going to miss that 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And for other people, like, like you can, you know, a thousand can come and go and you're not really gonna sure about that. it. Yeah. And so I think it needs to be sacrificial and then it should be faithful or slash regular. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so that your church has the ability to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, also as the, you know, executive pastor type, I also wanted to provide some like practical help to our church. Yeah. And so, uh, we just always invite people to give via the church center app using their bank account. It's the cheapest way to do it instead of credit or debit cards, uh, that they'd set up recurring giving, uh, that just, you know, I explain to people that allows us to plan and have kind of a plan for each month, uh, just kind of what's going to come in. You can start or stop that whenever you want. It's not like a promise or a guarantee, but it gives us some kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to, uh, we also ask people to review their giving 
on a regular basis. Uh, I think one of the downsides to recurring giving is you might have said it five years ago Mm -hmm. and never thought about it again because it's recurring. Well, this is a great opportunity, maybe twice a year to sit down as a family, sit Mm -hmm. down with your spouse, or if you're single like me, just sit down yourself, look at your financial situation and feel like, you know, am I doing my part? Am I doing what I feel like God's called me to do? Maybe I've taken a pay cut. Maybe I've gotten a raise or a bonus, you know, just kind of reevaluate that a couple of times Mm -hmm. a year. Um, and then I think lastly, just leaving with people, uh, with the understanding that ownership means recognizing that God's called us all to do, uh, what God's called us all to do as a body requires money and that they will be obedient to what he has called them to by giving back to him, uh, what he has entrusted them with. And I think that, um, just helping people understand that like, these are the three things that uh, I get that the idea of the body is this idea that not everybody's the same and everyone's going to bring different, um, a different skill set and a different, and absolutely. And so that's why we have different teams and why people give different amounts. But I was really clear with everyone that these three things, the idea of serving and attending and giving, like those have to be for all of us mm-hmm. that we, what it looks like for all of us might be slightly different for mm-hmm. whatever reason, but that we can't opt out of any of those. It's not a buffet. Yeah. It's not, I'm going to serve a lot of extra hours. So I don't have to give very much or I'm going <laughs> yeah. to like come to everything that, that we have so that I don't have to serve very much. We really need everyone to do all of it mm-hmm. um, because it's not anyone else's job to give more or to serve more to cover for where you didn't do your part. Yeah. And as I think about, so this coming Sunday um, from when we're recording this is going to be our last core group gathering. Yeah. And I think about all of the subject matter that we've covered and everything that we've done. And and I think about teaching as each de- each each opportunity to teach is an opportunity to make like a little deposit mm-hmm. into people's spiritual formation. And I would say when I think back on everything that we've covered over these last three months, that this talk was probably the most significant Mm. deposit into, because what we, this is, this was the biggest area of needed change in Mm. behavior. I would say what I've done a lot of over the other, whatever, nine or 10 sessions that I did is, is, is naming, here's what's been happening for the last year so Mm. that people could recognize that. Sure. And um, putting maybe clearer uh, language, more concise, more compelling language to what has already been happening. But you really had to step into a space and to say, this is, we need to see a change in behavior in this area. Or the clock's ticking on how long we keep going. And I, I feel no shame in acknowledging that. Like, yeah, yeah, make no mistake. If this stuff doesn't change, like we can't keep doing this because, because what we have been doing is not sustainable. Right. And so, and I think that a lot of pastors in particular bear the weight of that reality in silence and in secret. And then they come into an elder meeting or they step onto the stage on Sunday morning and they resign unexpectedly. I'm telling you, if your pastor resigns and you didn't see it coming, like that's a significant sign of unhealth in mm-hmm. the way that your community communi- communicates. Like totally. there should be openness about here's where I am as a leader. Yep. You should feel free as the congregation, be open about here's where we are. But this was just such a significant place in which you stepped in and again, gave people so much clarity around why these three things matter mm. and clear instruction around. And here's very simple, actionable ways for you to live up and into these three things. And so 
we got tons of great feedback about it and it was really, really helpful. And we've already begun to see some signs of change yeah, in the midst absolutely. of it, which is great. So next week we're going to talk about, I was back after this and we talked about our worship service. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent the next four weeks looking at these four uh, positions, we call them, that are essential to really being able to um, have a healing relationship with Jesus. So next week, we'll be talking about that. Until then, uh, we would love to be able to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. 